Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you here today. Welcome to Grace Church on a Sunday morning. Why don't you stand with us today? Scripture says in Isaiah chapter 43, I will bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed and made. If you're here today and you're wondering what your purpose is, well, I can tell you Scripture gives you a very simple answer. You were formed and created for the glory of God. Later on in the New Testament, it says, everything that you do, do for His glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I wonder what would happen here in the sanctuary of Grace Church today if we just determined whenever I lift my hands today, I'm going to do it for His glory. Whenever I open my mouth today, I'm going to do it for His glory. Whenever I respond to the word that's preached later, I'm going to do it for His glory. Everything that happens in this place today, I'm going to do for I just wonder what would happen if we fulfilled our purpose and began to live and worship and, and rejoice according to that purpose today. Oh, we love you, Jesus. You bring us from glory to glory. Here to glorify your name today. We need it from now. You came and you lived us. You took on our frame. You walked in pain. Taking us higher. stepped into time You laid down your life to save us You took all our shame Cross it was laid Taking us higher We go from glory to glory to glory we'll never be the same Never be the same. We go from glory to glory We're forever changed, forever changed. You call me your friend. Brought into your endless kingdom by the blood of.
John chapter 7 says that that, say, that uh, last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus cried with a loud voice, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He said, He that believeth in me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit that they which believed on him would receive. I want you to know there's rivers of living water flowing in this place today. And if you would just take a step into that water, if you would just dive into what the Spirit wants to do as it flows through this place today, I'm telling you, chains would be broken. I'm telling you that bondage would be broken. I'm telling you lives would be healed. I'm telling you faith would rise. I'm telling you relationships would be restored because there's rivers of living water in this place. All you got to do is jump in. Oh, come on, somebody clap your hands to the Lord right now. God, I want whatever you have for me. I want everything you have for me in this service today. In Jesus' name. If you believe that today, say in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us here on Grace Church Campus. Those joining us on live stream and Facebook Live, we are so glad that you've chosen to join us today. I know you'll be blessed by the service. God bless you today, Grace Church. You can be seated. 
in the presence of the Lord. And I just want to take a moment, cover a couple of things with you. First of all, thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Thank you for giving to the kingdom of God. And just want to remind you, you can always give online uh, or, or through the app on the website. And then also on your way out at Grand Central, our lobby, you can give today to the kingdom of God. So make a note of that. Got a number of things happening this week, a couple of uh, very important things I want you to make a note of. We're excited about, of course, United Family Prayer, Monday night, 714. We want you to pray at your, at your home with your family. This is important. It's unified. It's focused. And I believe God is hearing our prayers. And then another opportunity to pray this coming Tuesday at 10 o'clock right here in the sanctuary for Tuesday morning prayer. We want you to join us there if you are able, if your schedule allows. And then next Sunday, September the 13th, is going to be a great Sunday here at Grace Church. Got a number of things going. I want you to, to listen and, and make a note. First of all, we're looking forward to, to Baby Dedication Sunday. It's always a special time, always a special Sunday. We're looking forward to celebrating with these parents, dedicating their children to the Lord. If you've not gotten your information to the Grace Church office and you have a baby to be dedicated, please do so very, very quickly uh, as soon as possible. And then also next Sunday, Sister Tenny's going to be with us in service. We're looking forward to the ministry of Sister Tenny. She's always blessed our church, and next Sunday will be no exception. And then finally, next Sunday at 6 o'clock in the A Center, the ladies' ministry, the bridge, will be meeting. So all the ladies make a note of that. Get ready, 6 o'clock next Sunday night in the A Center. You're going to have a great time. So as you can see, next Sunday is going to be full, but we're going to do some great things and have a great time here at Grace Church on campus. So if you got all that, say amen. Awesome. All right. Well, if you're ready to worship the Lord, the praise team is coming back to lead us in worship, and so I'm just going to ask you to clap your hands to the Lord one more time as they come to lead us.
they were singing that we just had one of the most phenomenal testimony services we've ever had if there's ever a testimony anybody could stand up and say about the awesomeness of Jesus we just said it through that song there's no lie he won't tear down no wall he won't kick down I've lived that all of my life and I love the Lord today don't you thank the Lord let's praise him one more time let's exalt him one more time. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. If you'll remain standing for a moment, it's great to see all of you here today on campus. Thank you so very much for being here. And uh, I think this is our best crowd yet in a long time. It, I'm not good at estimating crowds, but uh, man, this is amazing here today. Glad you're on campus. Thank you so much for being here for exercising wisdom and faith and uh, I'm confident that we're going to have a visitation from the Holy Ghost here today we already have we already have thank the Lord thank the Lord those of you watching on live stream Facebook live we're so happy to have you uh, as well thank you so very much for taking the time out to share and uh, what we're experiencing here today on campus. This is something I love to do on Sunday morning. 
Um, Brother Dave mentioned the baby dedication coming up. Um, always enjoy baby dedication Sunday. But I love this right here. Uh, last Sunday, we baptized three people in the beautiful name of Jesus. Thank the Lord. And uh, after service today, we'll be baptizing one more. So through all the stuff, God is still moving. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. And uh, so today we want to recognize uh, little Miss Millie. Is she somewhere? Millie, would you come up here? Um, she is kind of vertically challenged because she's, what, four or five years old? Six? And uh, I think she's engaged to be married and all that by now, but we're not sure. But uh, we are so excited for Millie. She was baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus last Sunday. How about a fist bump? Proud of you, baby. Buddy, she is going to be a heartbreaker one of these days. So, look, here's your certificate, and you can take it to your parents. This shows that you were baptized last Sunday here at Grace Church. Isn't that amazing? You happy about that? Awesome. We want you to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, too, okay? God bless you, man. Good stuff. Thank the Lord. And then our brother Ty, is he here today? Ty, would you come? Here he comes. He was baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus last Sunday. And uh, here, here, let's do some of that. There you go. This is a certificate just saying that you were baptized. It certifies you was baptized uh, last Sunday here at Grace Church. And uh, we're thankful for what God's doing in your life, buddy. Give him some appreciation. And then last Sunday afternoon, after I think a 200 or 200, two and a half hour lunch last Sunday after church, uh, Jason Summers saw his need to be baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus. So we came up here at about five o'clock last Sunday and baptized him in the beautiful name of Jesus. Happy for you, man. See, that was worth standing for right there, wasn't it? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. We're going to read our scripture text in a moment. And when we do, I'd like for us to have a very special prayer today for Sister Rachel Crum and Sister Murphy's aunt. And uh, some having some serious physical issues. She's here in Baton Rouge because she got uh, stormed out of Lake Charles uh, from Hurricane Laura. And uh, she's staying here. As a matter of fact, Sister Murphy's taking her to emergency care uh, just a little while ago. So we're going to read our text and then we would like to, uh, as we pray over the rest of the service today, if we can remember uh, Rachel Crum, uh, she would appreciate it, I know. I'd like to read one verse of scripture. This is a message a long, long time in coming, uh, way too long in coming, but I feel the timing is right and I'll explain why in a moment. Psalm 34, verse three. Most of you can quote it. The psalmist said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Oh, magnify the Lord 
with me and let us exalt his name together. Let's pray about the rest of the service today. Let's pray for Sister Rachel in Jesus' name. God, we love you. We're thankful to be here. We're thankful for your presence It's here. And we pray for the rest of this service today. You have showed up here today in excellent fashion. And we're so thankful for that. We're so thankful for your presence. We pray, God, that you would anoint our effort to preach the word of God. Let it be anointed. Let it be powerful. Let it be Holy Ghost directed. I pray that our hearts and minds are open to it. In Jesus' name, we pray for Rachel today. You know where she's at. You know what she's feeling. You are the one that knows the feelings of all of our infirmities. And I pray that you would meet with her right now, that she would be just enveloped by your arms, that she would be in your hands right now. We ask you, God, to heal her body in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's exalt the Lord together one more time, can we? Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Uh, I'm happy to announce, at, at least Lord willing, um, the blueness that is provided by our lights. Uh, Lord willing, this is the last Sunday of the blueness. And I am not crying any tears in them going away up here. Uh, this coming week, uh, there will be a lot of activity here at the church, but uh, it's what we've been talking to you about, kind of preparing you for uh, that this coming week, all of our sound and lighting will be, all of this will be completely taken out and a whole new everything reinstalled. We're excited about that, and, and uh, we've been promised, and I believe it, that it'll be done in about five days. All I can say is I'm glad it's them and not me uh, doing all that. I think they're planning to spend about two days up here just soldering wires, and uh, most of it will be under this platform. So God bless them in Jesus' name. Thank the Lord. But uh, as I have said in the past, um, and if you do a study on the Tabernacle of David, on Solomon's Temple, um, uh, I'm not interested totally in making our church vogue and trendy and all of that. I seek ways to exalt the Lord. I look for ways to lift him up and to make him look amazing to everyone who attends Grace Church. We do our best to reflect that in our music, our singing. Uh, I think we have the most qualified people up here that any church could ask for. They are amazing. They, they worship. They, they are, they're into it. Uh, when you see them up here singing, playing, they live what they sing and play. Our media booth in the back, uh, those guys are uh, extremely committed. I'm actually very happy to announce that one of the men on our, in our media booth is one of our trustees uh, here at Grace Church, and I, I find that interesting. I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm happy about that. Uh, Nathan Henson does a great job. But we look for ways to make God look good. Here at Grace Church, we've worked hard on our environment, our culture here. Uh, we like to use as many people as we can. We want people to feel their purpose and uh, their welcome here at Grace Church. So what we're about to do with all the lighting and the new sound system and all that is, is not to wow you with us, but to wow you with him. I'm going to prove that scripturally here in a minute. And... Um, 
So I want everyone to understand when you come back next Sunday, it's going to look all different. Everything's going to be different. The speakers are going to be hanging from the ceiling. Uh, all these lights will be gone. Some of them will transfer next door to the A Center. Uh, and there'll be a whole new lighting system in here. There'll be new PowerPoint projector. There'll be a new screen. The screen we're putting up is substantially bigger than that one. Uh, just a lot of change that's going to happen in a week. But I want you to understand why. Everybody's going to come in next Sunday. Some of you will have that deer in the headlights look and try to read serial numbers and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you'll be able to do all that, but see what kind of equipment it is. Some of you may be into that, some of you not. But my point, regardless of yours, my point is to make God look as amazing as we can so that when people come, they are attracted to him. We want them, we want people to be attracted to Grace Church. I'm not that naive and stupid, uh, but we want people to be attracted to Jesus. That's the point. So when David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me, what he is talking about is here at Grace Church, we want everyone to help us have everyone else look at God through a telescope, not a microscope. Does that make sense to everybody? We're going to talk about it. Let me, let me build some foundation work and then we'll get to our message. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I've had people poke fun at me about it. As a matter of fact, I quit doing it because it almost became a distraction more than an inspiration. But I can't help it. One of my most favorite verses in the Bible is when the psalmist said, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. If, if there's anything that exalts God, and if there's anything that fulfills the person doing it, when you do obey this scripture in its context, it gives God amazing exaltation and praise, and it makes you as the praiser feel like you're really doing something worthwhile. So can we take just a moment, can we push pause for a moment, and let pastor say one more time, oh, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah! Does anybody love Jesus today? Hallelujah to God! Hallelujah to God! Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We worship the Lord today. We praise him, we praise him. Thank the Lord. The Bible goes on to say in Psalm 69 and verse 30, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Ezekiel said, God said, thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself and will be known in the eyes of many nations and they shall know that I am the Lord. One of the sweetest verses, we plan to teach a Bible study on this in the next week or so. In Luke 1, Mary said, the mother of Jesus, my soul doth magnify the Lord. How would you feel if one of the most powerful angels that exists that we know of walked into your room one night and said, you're going to give birth to the Redeemer? Yes. 
think I would be very humble, but another part of me would just be pretty pumped about that. That's pretty cool news right there. And then the Bible said in the book of Acts, when people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this observation was made, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. The Bible teaches us to magnify the Lord. Not to make him look bigger than he is, because that's not possible. But to make him look as big as he really is, that's where we magnify God. Garrett Fredland said, the devil will never rest nor sleep nor turn his head from you. He will find every fault, every weakness, every discrepancy he can magnify. Expand and contort every sin to cause you to abort your mission here, to make you feel like a worthless, despicable, useless piece of garbage, to get you to fail in your task that God has for you. So what are you going to do about it? Great quote. John Piper said, on the other hand, grace is the pleasure of God to magnify the worth of God by giving sinners the right and power to delight in God without obscuring the glory of God. What a statement. Alan Redpath said, the Bible never flatters its heroes. It tells us the truth about each one of them in order that against the background of human breakdown and failure, we may magnify the grace of God and recognize that it is the delight of the Spirit of God to work upon the platform of human impossibilities. So I'll introduce to you today the idea that all of you know. There's two kinds of magnifying. Microscope magnifying and telescope magnifying. Microscope magnifying makes a small thing look bigger than it is. The telescope makes a big thing to look as big as it really is. We need to be telescope people. Pentecostals have a propensity to be microscope people especially when it comes to the fellow sitting next to you or across the aisle. We need to be telescope people to make God look as big as he really is. When David said, I will magnify God with thanksgiving, he does not mean, listen to pastor, he does not mean I will make a small God look bigger than he is. He means I will make a big God begin to look as big as he really is. So we're not called to be a microscope. We're called to be a telescope. Disciples are, called, are not called to be con men who magnify their product all out of proportion to reality when they know the competitor's product is far superior. There is nothing and nobody superior to God, and you can never over-exaggerate who God is, his power, his sovereignty, his ability, his grace, his mercy. You can never over-exaggerate God. Amen. 
So in those, those who profess to have the calling of God on their life, to those who profess to love God, our purpose is to begin to make his greatness begin to look as great as it really is. This is some good stuff right here. Brother Murphy, you're doing some amazing preaching right now. Amen. Just said that in jest. That's the way you're supposed to magnify God. As believers, God created us to display his glory, to make it look more like it really is. That's why you're on this planet, is to make God look as big as he really is. So I want to go ahead and clarify something. When you hear the word of God being preached with passion and fervency, and you know it's the truth, this right here, that ain't making God look anywhere nearly as big as he really is. As a matter of fact, you're actually making God look small because he ain't making that much of an impression on you. I'm telling you right now, without fail, if I could show it better, I would. When I step into the presence and power of God, something happens to me, man. I can't explain it, but I gotta jump and dance and shout just a little bit to acknowledge the glory and splendor and might of Almighty God. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Hallelujah. I believe it was Jeff Arnold that said years ago, and if you've ever heard Brother Jeff Arnold preach, he's still one of my favorites. Nobody could challenge you and make you more mad <laughs> at the same time as Jeff Arnold. What a preacher. Preaching machine, a scholar in the word of God. But he said one time, he didn't ask for all that, and I apologize if I've been offensive in any way. But he said one time, took his glasses off, sweat pouring, his hair's all messed up in the middle of his message and said, if somebody worshiped God like you, could they receive the Holy Ghost? Well, I get the point, but you don't have to be so angry with me. <laughs> Amen. But I think of that statement often. And you look around and you watch people worship. and And you wonder if somebody came up here for the Holy Ghost, if they did that. What are they going to get? It's, a, it's a, valid, a valid statement. My point today is that we have come to be a telescope. And all this stuff we're going to do this coming week is going to be a giant, Casey, it's going to be a giant telescope up here. That's the way I see it. That when you play and sing, 
when these people come up here and worship and they're, they're giving it all they've got and they're singing the best they can, they're not asking you to pat them on the back and there's nothing wrong with that and applauding people and, and giving them credit and what have you and I'm all about it and we do that here. But bottom line, our point is so that people look at this, look at all this stuff. I want the God that they worship. I want to know more about that God. I want to know more about him. I want to learn more about him. That God they're singing about has got it going on in their life, man. And I want to know more about him. That's the point. There's at least 35 verses in the Bible that talk specifically about magnifying the Lord. So as Christians, we are to magnify the Lord. We must be the lens through which the world views God. Problems arise when we don't see God magnified ourselves. What does this mean? In his book, William Hendricks wrote, his book, Revealing Stories Why People Are Leaving the Church, he took a survey of a number of denominations asking folks why they no longer attend church. Surprisingly, the most common complaint was not the music or the facility or that the church was even dull, dead, and boring. My comment, not his. The most common reason given for leaving the church was that the church did not provide them an opportunity to meet with God. If I sounded a little Jeff Arnold-ish in that statement, uh, I meant to. Uh, But their point was the church was not worshipful enough. They came hoping to experience something of God, from God, to be spiritually fed, but many left empty. Hendricks wrote, apparently, it doesn't matter if the service is entertaining. When interaction with God is absent, eventually the church loses its appeal. Come on, Grace Church. Somebody get on board with me this morning. We've come today to be a telescope to take the God for a lot of people that's way out there somewhere and bring him in close so you can get a good look at the God that we love and adore and praise and worship. When people do not connect with God in some way, there is frustration and emptiness and they begin to drift away. We, the church, must take responsibility for this. Why? Because our God isn't big enough or strong enough. We show them a God who cannot fulfill fulfill our needs, much less theirs. Apparently, in some churches, their God, may I say, isn't important enough to them because they fill their lives with so many other things. God takes a back seat to so many things. We need to have people see our lifestyle that lives up to our words. Our lifestyle has to live up to what we say. People watch our depression. They watch our fear. I talked to you about that this past Wednesday night. If you were not here, please watch it on live, on our, our podcast. They watch our depression. People watch our fear, they watch our loneliness, they watch our bitterness and our unforgiving spirit, and now can you wonder why they're not interested in our God? It is a good point, and it's one that we need to understand. 
It's one that we need to get our head wrapped around. They can only see Jesus through the projected image we give of him. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3, Do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. If God is small in our eyes, we will see nothing happen and neither will anyone around us. And many of us see God too small, not able to deal with our difficulties. We've preached that over this, over this past year, uh, of this year, excuse me. We've preached that this year. Folks, we still have to magnify God. Our circumstances cannot and should not determine the size, value, worth, and power of our God that we say we serve. We need to understand that God is able to save our families. Our God, my God, can impact this community anytime he's ready. My God has impacted my life. He's healed my body. He's saved my soul. He has forgiven my sin. He's helped me recover from an unforgiving spirit. He's helped me through times of loneliness and depression. My God has been an ever-stable companion. He's been a leader and a God. He's my all in all and I want to live that and I serve notice on anybody here today for with men things are impossible but with God nothing is impossible. Woo! Hallelujah! Men and women who have great faith in God and in whom God has given strength, how enormous he becomes. I think Mary could have been rightfully judged had the angel Gabriel said, you're going to have a baby and he's going to save the world from their sin. And you're to call his name Jesus if she had just did a, okay, time for lunch, let me go about my business. I think God deserves, I believe God has earned a place in our life. God has come to us on so many levels and so many different times that there needs to be that constant and continual uh, exaltation of praise. No wonder the psalmist said, I meditate on the Lord day and night when God has done through you things like he did through David. No wonder you can't help think about God. You go kill a 13 foot tall man with a slingshot and walk away like it was nothing. Some of you still aren't hearing me. I'm still getting that little denominational, the reason people leave church, hand clap. We owe God our allegiance and our praise. Let me say it one more time. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people 
and shout unto God. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Let's praise him, Grace Church. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. 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 Does anybody love him? Don't you love him? Don't you love him? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. I've got 11 minutes. Have you ever studied any of the great heroes of the Bible? When the Israelites came out of Egypt, you've heard a lot about that lately. Moses picked 12 spies to go out and spy out the land of Canaan. Remember that story? Ten of the 12 spies saw the enemy as giants and themselves as grasshoppers. After all that God had just done, how small was those 10 spies God in their eyes? That's something to think about right there. Joshua and Caleb saw God, saw their God. See, this is magnifying God. Some of you folks don't ever have nothing happen in your life because your God's about as big around as an ant. But put him under a microscope, man. Blow him up some. You'll, you'll never get him too big. You don't have to worry about that. You're not going to get him bigger than what he is. You don't have to worry about that. He just needs to get bigger in your head and in your faith <laughs> and what you believe and what you say you believe. That's where God needs to get bigger. Y'all on board with me. I can feel it. Those 10 spies, and I doubt if there's anybody here today except a smart aleck that could name one. I memorized one one time. One, I don't remember now what it was. Just so when people ask that question, I say, I know one. I'm being a smart aleck, not because I'm a genius. <laughs> but Joshua and Caleb saw their God bigger. And guess who entered into the promised land? And guess who didn't? What was the difference between Caleb and Joshua and the other spies? It was very simply their view of God. To Joshua and Caleb, their God was bigger than anything or anyone. There's your answer. The Bible said about Caleb, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. I would just for love for God to say about Grace Church, them people are amazing. They've got a different spirit about them. I've, I've not had a people like that in a long time. They're not scared of anything. They're not scared of anybody. They're not scared of any sickness or disease. They're not afraid of any financial calamity. They're not worried about their service. Circumstances. Why? Because we have a different spirit. We've got a different spirit. My spirit says that my God can do all things. Hallelujah. The different spirit is the one who sees the greatness of God, the smallness of man. 
Someone whose eyes and mind magnify the Lord. Let's notice David in 1 Samuel 17. When David went to the battlefield, the Israelite army were afraid. How big was their God? How big was Saul's God? Obviously much smaller than Goliath. And when your God gets smaller than a man, you're in trouble. When life is seemingly against you, how do you see God? As one who curls up and runs away? Or one who stands and see, sees how big God really is? When David went to the battlefield, the Israelite army was afraid. They saw Goliath as big and God small. David saw a big God, but a small man with a big mouth. Y'all didn't catch that first time through. David saw a big God, but referring to Goliath, he saw a small man with a big mouth. That's what he saw. And who won the victory? Notice Elijah's servant. You remember that story? I got to hurry. In 2 Kings 6, Elijah saw that his servant didn't see the army or the enemy uh, surrounded them. Uh, or, or rather, excuse me, the servant saw how they were totally encompassed with an enemy. And he ran into Elijah shaking and trembling and said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Elijah said, God, open his eyes so he can see. And what did he see? He saw the cavalry coming, but it wasn't men on horseback. The hillside was full of a host of angelic beings that destroyed that enemy in a heartbeat. God, open our eyes so that we can see God as big as he really is. When trying circumstances surround you, magnify the Lord, make him big. Again, it's not possible to make him bigger than he really is. You can never over-exaggerate the size and power of God. Okay, Mary, just for a moment. She said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Here's, here was God beginning to show the first glimpse of his plan of salvation that most everybody here today has experienced. We've been a recipient of what the angel told Mary that night. You're, you're going to be, give birth to the Redeemer. He's going to save the world from their sin. And here we are. And we're not the only ones. There's millions around this world that he has saved from their sin. And I want you to notice what Mary did. I'm going to teach a Bible study on this in a week or two. Mary doesn't want herself to be seen before or ahead of what's just happened to her. She don't run around town and say, y'all look at me, look at me, look at me. I've got the Redeemer in my womb right now. I'm going to give birth to the Redeemer. He's going to save you from your sin. Ha, 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 ha. You old heathen, you think you something. I've got the Redeemer. She didn't do that. 
the first thing she did when the angel exited is my soul magnifies God. What a response for God giving somebody a promise. What a response for somebody to God giving them hope, to giving them fulfillment, to putting something on the inside of them which was literally God himself. If she did it, why can't we do it when we have God on the inside of us as well? It's our purpose. It's the point of our existence to perpetually give birth to a redeemer to those around us that need him so desperately. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, As the people of God, we should never try to be more of the focus than he is. If there's anybody up here next Sunday that you want to show yourself more than you do God, please stay in your seat out there next Sunday. Sometimes men and women sing bigger than the God they serve. That's why the Bible said, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. God is always what people should see first. When we see God bigger, we will see people, difficulties. Even the devil gets smaller, the bigger God gets. We are to see God big in the beginning, God. Boom! In all the universes we know it was created. The Bible is our telescope allowing us to see how God worked in the lives of men and women. We must study the scripture to get the right image of who God is and who we are. Why? Because we don't always wear our spiritual telescope. We know God can do mighty things. We just don't always see it for ourselves. If you can't see what he wants you to see, then look deeper and get focused. The fearful soul has a right view of God in many respects, but the faithful soul has a right view of God in all respects. So vision is about good focus. We cannot make God bigger or higher than he is, but if our focus is out, then he is obscured and blurred obscured and blurred. It's not about time the church, it's about time the church really focused on the Lord and not ourselves. He's always greater than we can see or imagine, far more vast and comprehensible. If he isn't the biggest thing to you in this church, then you're blurred in your vision. So do people say this about us? Their God is mighty, and he is displayed in their life, in their church. The only way people can ever say that about us is when we continually magnify God. We brag on him. We give him accolades. We tell people about how mighty he is. We magnify him. In conclusion today, Job had a conversation with God about life when there was a while that God seemed very small and very far away to Job, Job said, 
when I turn to my right hand, my left hand, I cannot find him. I don't see him. I've had my moments where God seemed very small and very far away. But God responded with these words in Job 9. You could say, the Bible says which, but you could say who. Who commandeth the sun, and it riseth not, and sealeth up the stars, which alone spreadeth out the heavens, and treadeth upon the waves of the sea? In Job 22, is it not God in the height of heaven? And behold, the height of the stars, how high they are. And thou seest how doth God know? Can he judge through the dark cloud? I read this week that the Hubble telescope, they believe, saw a supernova. Brother Jason talked about it the other night. 2,400 light years away. A light year is how many miles light can travel in a year. So it's 2,400 of those away. Even God is way out there. And it doesn't take him any time to get here. Because while he's out there watching that supernova, and it looks like a glorified Christmas tree blinking in space to him, he's right here. And he's at my house, and he's at your house, and he's at our church, and he's at the church across town, and he's at the Denham church, and he's at the church at Life Tabernacle. He's everywhere. He's at Brother Martin's church. He's everywhere. God don't have to travel to get anywhere. He's already there. Do we understand that? We pray, God, come to me. He can't. He's already there. What was God doing with Job? He was telling Job, don't focus on your circumstance. Keep your focus on me. Take your eyes off your friends, off your family, off your circumstance, off your situation. Don't look at anybody but me. I don't want to quit I don't want to quit I don't want to quit I got to quit and I don't want to ask Simon Peter what happens when you look at your circumstance more than you look at God you plummet to the depths of despair like a rock in water Job ultimately concluded I know in whose hands I am, and I am persuaded that he is able to preserve me so that when he has tried me, I'll come forth as pure gold. Everybody stand. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of praise. And in all due respect, we used to sing a song. It's been in my mind, obviously, because of this message preparation today. But I remember singing it when we were teenagers. Sister Landry remembers singing it, others will. But we used to sing it. Now that I think back, we sang this song, Sister Landry, so puny, so sissified. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. 
Let us exalt his name forever. Looking back, I can't sing good anyway, and I sure can't sing when they're playing something else. But I've often wondered, and you don't have to play that much, ain't it? But I often wondered, should not have we sung it? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name forever. You can think I'm crazy all you want to, but God has done some miraculous things in my life, and I can't help but magnify him. It's time to quit magnifying the devil and telling everybody he's been on my back all week. Bless his holy name. It's time to tell somebody like the three Hebrew boys did. I've been through the fire, but the son of man was with me. Grace Church doing right now. The building this looks like Grace Church before what you call it started back in March. I get tired even saying it. The C word. I get tired even saying it. But it looks like Grace Church is blooming again. We've been through the fire. We've been through the fire. But we've come forth. We've come forth. I made it! I made it! I made it! I don't have a piece of paper in front of me this morning with a checklist, but I think of my last Sister Murphy, I think, counted. That's just the kind of stuff she likes to do. I think we've had about 20 people in our Grace Church who's had COVID. Nobody's passed away, thank God. Thank God. Everybody's recovered. I think everybody's recovered. We might have one or two still in quarantine. As far as I know, and we've had young and old. The youngest I know of is 10 that had it. The oldest I know of is here today. I think he's over 100 or something. late 70s, whatever. That's just telling me we've come through something, man. Brother Miller, we've come through something. Because the one in whose hands we are is the one that spreads out the stars and causes the sun to rise. The one who we serve has delivered drug addicts and forgiven prostitutes. He's healed cancer. He's healed leukemia. He's healed, you name it. The list is endless. That's my God. I don't know what yours looks like, but mine is huge and amazing and powerful. 
and could do all things. He gave us this campus for crying out loud and then empowered us to pay it off. That's my God. That's my God. While they sing, everybody come around the front. Can we just spend a little time? Would you come today and let's just so make Our hearts will pray. 